0: Welcome to the STFM Podcast, brought
1: to you by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. In this podcast, we speak to leaders in academic family medicine about a variety of leadership topics. And now your host, Dr. Saria carter sakosia
0: And today we have such a wonderful guest. I do believe you're going to enjoy Dr. Adrian Burroughs and his personal story and his thoughts on life and patients and his healthcare team. Dr. Burroughs, Adrian, we are so thrilled to have you joining the show today.
1: Hi, thank you so much, Syria, for having me on.
0: Yes, yes. So our STFM podcast embraces the opportunity to engage with those across the country who have unique experiences. and. Adrian, I think of you as one of those. So, can you share with our audience today how did you decide to become a family physician? What motivates you and gets you to jump up in the morning? And as I know, as I've seen your social media presence, your "It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood" story. So, tell us about your beautiful neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So, thanks for asking. I um, I was premature, and as a result of our family being pretty. Uh, poor, we ended up having to go to one of the community centers for care when I was an infant. And we were assigned an intern at the time named Lynn Sayers, who was um, supposed to rotate off that rotation, but she liked me. She she loved me. So she continued to follow me and come in into clinic on her off days when I um, had an appointment. And when I was hospitalized, she would take me around the hospital and took me under her wing for the entire Three years of her residency. And so that was my initial exposure to family medicine. Of course, when I got to medical school, I really, really enjoyed OBGYN, pediatrics, and um, internal medicine. And so there was only one field I could do to do all those things, and that was family medicine. So that's how I ended up in this field. And in terms of, you know, just growing as a family doctor, you know, being connected to the community, being connected to generations of patients I love having the, the mom, the grandmom, the son as patients, being able to connect all those family histories. It's a unique experience as a family doctor. And so that's what's kept me motivated to stay in my family.
0: An extraordinary career at that. Uh, so Dr. Burroughs, I've seen your social media posts. And I oftentimes see the recordings or, or listen to the music playing or watching you and your healthcare team dancing around the office. And frequently I've thought, I wanna work there. I wanna work for Dr. Burroughs. So tell us today, what, what is the culture like in your office and how do you continue to build that much fun into showing up to work every day?
1: Well, I think I need to give the people the background about this. So when I joined my practice, I joined it straight out of residency, and it was a very regimented practice with a lot of rules. And we used to get chastised, myself included, not just the staff, about our conduct because we like to joke around. I have kind of an odd personality, and I like to have fun at work, and that was that was essentially frowned upon until 2015. 2015 is when myself and my partners took over the practice and we decided to make work fun. And so I like to sing, I like to dance, I like to sing with patients and sing to patients. And that actually changed our work environment quite a bit. We started getting great feedback from our staff, but more importantly, we started getting great feedback from our patients who really, really enjoyed that experience. Um, Enjoyed being part of it. We started um, evolving to taking videos, which were posted on social media through Facebook and Instagram. And we actually started getting new patients as a result of it, which is strange, but true. And our satisfaction scores from our our employees went went through the roof.
0: I was taught early on that your practice often emulates your personality and how you connect and deliver care. And so that's a positive oftentimes because the people who stay in your practice choose to be in your practice. So it influences and I believe grows and enriches the culture that already exists. So knowing that about your practice, and as you said, your odd personality, if you will, and if fun is odd, well, then I'd rather be odd, I think. I can see why new patients are drawn to your practice. So that gets them to the office. And we know most humans enjoy fun. But, but what is your philosophy? What is your connection between the patient and the physician relationship? What does that look like? And what keeps those patients coming to your office and working with your healthcare team?
1: That's a great question. So I think that one of the things that we try to do is we try to make the patients feel like our practice is their home. And the way that you do that, the way that we do that is by trying to connect with them as an individual. We spend a lot of time taking the history, you know, understanding who, what type of patient we have, um, understanding what their favorite way to communicate is, understanding what their boundaries are, what they like, what they don't like. I'm a hugger, but I ask them, do you mind if you if you get hugged? Sometimes they say, no, I, I have a personal space. I don't want my personal space to be touched. Majority of the time, they love it and so in trying to connect with the patients in terms of what they like and what they don't like we're able to kind of understand who they are as individuals and then we are able to kind of tie that into the type of health care we deliver deliver that patient you know we we want to make sure we achieve the standards of care but also making sure that we connect on an individual basis and that's how we choose to do that. The other parts are because we try to communicate with them. We encourage all, everyone to be on our social media pages if they, if they like that. And we try to make them a part of the pages. And so we'll um, film videos with them. And we may, may ask them if they've had a, a, a pretty significant health issue, if they would mind sharing their story with other patients. That's a way for them to connect and maybe get some support for their health, their disease processes but also allows new patients that may not be part of our practice to come and join our practice.
0: I really appreciate the open circle. It sounds like you create at work. And I just, uh, I also happen to be a Facebook friend of Dr. Adrian Burrows. And honestly, it's because I love to see the stories. It makes me laugh. And the silly pranks that I see his office staff members play on him. Or, yes, I've seen your patients too in these videos. You can tell they just love it. So I'm also familiar with your appearances on national news since COVID. You have been an advocate for vaccinations, for safety, and focusing on patients as a whole and why it's important to be vaccinated. So I'm really curious, for those who might be interested in getting connected with media or social media platforms, what's been your experience and how did that happen?
1: So honestly, I don't know how it happened because you've seen me. You know, I have the perfect face for radio, but nonetheless, I end up on these on these television appearances. And how that happened was actually a funny story. I taped a video where I dressed as Mr. Rogers. I came in, I sang the Mr. Rogers theme song. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I had a, a, someone film it. I changed into the sweater. I put on the shoes. And it was a one minute video. I released that video on my personal Facebook page. And I had a friend ask me if if I could make it public, which I did. And she shared it. And then someone else shared it. And they're being shared over a hundred thousand times. Then I found out that a hospital system had taken that video and made it part of their entrance videos for new employees. And they contacted me and connected with me and asked if it was okay to do that. And I said, that was fine. Well, then that, that sort of evolved into someone who saw the video asking if they could see some of my other videos, which I allowed them to do. And then they asked if I would be part of a, a group of doctors writing an opinion piece on a topic that was close to my heart, which was sports. And from there, it just evolved. And I started getting calls from um, local and then national media. And I've been on you know, over 40 times on national broadcast as a result of that presence. And so I tell anyone who's interested in media, because there are people that are much more qualified than myself to, to, to give advice in different areas. And create a, create a uh, keep, your, keep your personal page personal. Don't, don't allow patients to interact with you in your personal space, your family's pictures, your personal pictures, or your, your private properties, you keep them separate. But create a, a social media page for you as a professional that allows you to interact with your patients, give them advice on different topics. People consume information visually, much more so than any other method. And so try to keep those videos less than a minute. Um, The shorter, the better. You can, and they don't have to be about medicine. They can be about anything. A lot of the videos that I've made that patients connect with have nothing to do with medicine. You know, sometimes they're about things that are important to them. I do this thing where I take videos in the grocery store, trying to help them understand what the labels mean, what the words mean. And a lot of people enjoy that. You know, of course, I am eating most of the time when I'm doing that. But, but I think that those connections, you'd be surprised what patients follow um, and what, pa- what patients connect with. And so that's, that's what, I've been, what I've been able to do. And we're blessed we've been successful at it.
0: So, Adrian, I've heard you repeatedly now talk about connections. Connections, I believe, are, are also... Very important in family medicine. People need to feel comfortable with their stories. And you gave some very specific and helpful techniques, I think, for our listeners. Um, I heard creating separate channels, one for your personal space, one for your professional space. And also, I've also seen where sometimes people think more is more. And what I hear you saying is the opposite, that less is more. Those brief um, spot checks or those points... That keep people's attention one minute or less are some of the lessons that we're hearing today. And clearly, by the fact that you've reached over a hundred thousand people with your "Welcome to the Neighborhood" story to begin with, and now being a part of national news, I, I have no doubt continues to open doors and opportunities to also speak with a trusting voice about what's important in healthcare in COVID. It, can you share today with our audience what have been some of your messages? How do you keep it brief? What does that sound like for uh, Mr. Rogers or Dr. Burroughs?
1: Yeah, so it's funny that you you asked that. I, I've noticed that when people look at videos that they're interested, the first thing they do is look at the length of the video, right? And a lot of times people won't even won't even engage the video if it's what if, if it's a long video. It, it may be exactly what they need to hear but they'll never look at it because it's long. And so when I recognize that, that's why I chose to make small videos. Some of the social media delivery systems don't allow videos over a certain length. You know, you have to be, you, they have to be short videos. And so we have to adapt with the times. And so that's what, that's what we try to do. And I find that you're right, less is more in general, not just with making the videos, but at work as well. You know, one of the ways that I avoid the burnout that a lot of my colleagues are facing is that I try to keep work, work and life, work and, and, and my home life separate, hence the separate pages, you know, keep the boundaries very clear. The other, the other part is that, you know, when you're trying to keep that work-life balance, I go to work and try to do the best that I can for the patients in the time when I'm at work. And then when I've done the best that I can, the day is done, I'm done. And I go home to my, to my wife and my son. And I, and I do what's really important, you know, and I I encourage my patients to do the same focus on, on the home life, you know, a great home life can really translate into great health, you know, the the more you take care of yourself, you know, and all the things important, including the psychosocial aspects of of life, the better you may do medically. So that's why I made the distinctions. I made those distinctions though, going through a time where, where I wasn't, you know, the, the happiest or, you know, or the healthiest. And I think that being forced because of my own personal medical issues to adapt is how I've come out on the other side.
0: So I hear setting boundaries. Boundaries also can help perhaps prevent burnout is maybe what I'm hearing from you. And giving your best, giving your best, but knowing that it's finite, that really seems to hit home. And and you talk about the days that perhaps weren't your most favorite, in coming out on the other side, enjoying work more, your patients e- enjoying patient care more. And I'm wondering, have you seen any connection or correlation with um, adherence to medical advice that you give, the health outcomes of your patients when they feel that you're keeping it real, if you will, and connecting with them? Does that seem to make a difference?
1: It does. And I think that from a healthcare delivery standpoint, not to, you know, say disparage any of my colleagues, but I think that in family medicine, we have a unique opportunity to do that. We have patients where we're connecting not only with the patient, but with multiple family members often because we have a lot of different patients with their families seeing us at the same time being able to have those conversations that a lot of the times don't involve medicine. They're, they're ask, we're asking them questions, trying to figure out who they are as individuals so that we can address the issues that they may not know are impacting their health. And I think that in doing that, you know, and I, and I you've, you've mentioned multiple times that I keep talking about the connection, but that connection piece is, the, is one of the most important parts of what we do as family physicians is is, is having that connection, not only to that patient, but to their extended family and to, and to try to bring those things together and make that, that unit more cohesive. And I think that um, that's one of the, the blessings of, of what we do every time we walk in the door with a patient, is being able to address their needs in a comprehensive way.
0: And truly, it does sound that you have been honored to make that direct connection with your patients, their families, and your entire team. And I I just, first of all, I want to applaud you for being able to do that, knowing you've been in your career for over 20 years now and listening to your story during our podcast. um, Clearly, that's been a a picture of a journey, uphill, downhill, and perhaps in the the plateaus of life. So what, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago? And after you had finished your residency and joined a practice, what would you say, knowing what you know now and where you are and how you practice, what do you think would have made a difference to the younger Adrian Burroughs?
1: I would, I would tell the younger me to not sweat the small stuff. I, I think that I spent a lot of time worrying uh, you know, worrying, and I, and I still do. I'm not going to try to pretend that I don't. But I think back when I spent a lot of time worrying about if I had done the right thing. It, it, you know, really worrying about patients. Continue. Uh, you know, I gave pay, I, I gave some patients too much access to me. Um, if there is such a thing, you know, my my personal cell phone numbers, my 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 personal my personal um, contact information, and majority of them were fine with it. But some of them really really abused it, and I never had. a a clear distinction between work and home and when you're constantly in that work mode that can really affect your your home life and at the end of the day your home life your family that's the most important part of, of life and so I think that I worked much too hard not in a smart way from my perspective I think that I sacrificed my home life and the things that were important to me and I and I would tell myself you know to, to, to not do those things. And, and, you know, I I learned a lot. I also learned that the parts of you that make you, you are important at your work as well. So for me, and what I mean by that, for me, we have casual Fridays at my, at my, at my job. And a lot of times they're sports themed, right? So I love sports. And so I brought that into the office. And so now our patients realize that Fridays are sports themed days and they show up, I'm a Yankee fan. They show up in their Red Sox stuff, just to, you know, give me that little jab, or I, I'm a Miami grad, so they show up in their F, at Florida State University, you know, things. And I think that I, I like that environment. It makes me feel comfortable. It gives me parts of my life that I enjoy. And I also enjoy writing, which is why I try to write opinion pieces. And I think that if you're, if you're a family practitioner if you're a physician, try to make sure you always keep what's important, important to you and don't allow your work to deviate from that.
0: And in the spirit of you do you... I must say, Adrian, go Gators!
1: Oh Lord! <laughs> You're a lovely being, <laughs> anyway.
0: I, I I couldn't miss the opportunity to support my Gators and just give you a little bit of a ribbon there for your canes, but but yes, go Gators, and and don't sweat the small stuff, Adrian. It's okay. Gators are the best football team in the state of Florida. Just saying. Um, and yes, family's important too. And go Gators.
1: I'm 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 appalled that you're giving that misinformation about the Gators to to your to the your 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 listeners.
0: Hey, I'm keeping it real. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. What's important to us is important at work and at home. So I'm I'm just following your lessons, Adrian. All good stuff, and I appreciate you sharing today too. That sometimes, in the intent of connecting with our patients. Uh, Those boundaries can be broken and reminding yourself that you can give everything at work, but you don't have to give your entire self at work to still be respected, beloved, and to have a good patient relationship. It's finding that balance and everyone has their own balance. So I think these are, are great lessons learned along the way for your path, but also for our listeners today. It, this has just been a, a great opportunity to, again, keep it real, to get back to the basics of patient care, connecting with human beings, even gators, I have to throw that in there again. Um, so, so again, I appreciate your time today. We appreciate your time. And so I'd ask anything else that you'd like to share today with our podcast listeners, any final words of wisdom or support?
1: No, I would, I want, I want your listeners to understand that I went to high school with Surya for those who, who may not have known. I went to high school with Syria. Surya is my idol when we went went to residency together and Saria from even back then was was very, very prominent in the AAFP. Um, She inspired me to be better than I am. And I will always be grateful to her for that.
0: Wow, Adrian. And, And who would have thought that a couple of high schoolers and it is a small world in family medicine would continue to connect. And that's what I love about our specialty We have friends and colleagues all around the world, really. And I believe that's the honor of being a family physician and connecting with human beings. And I so appreciate that. I'm so excited about the direction you're going in family medicine and telling the story about patient care in a way that hopefully also helps those who might not have been comfortable in the doctor's office. Now, finally, they have a place to go where there's a little bit of fun to be had and someone who wants to connect with them and it feels more of a family. And again, that's why I love being a family physician.
1: Me too, absolutely.
0: So thank you, Dr. Burroughs for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to more stories from family physicians and other leaders around the country to share their wisdom, their experiences and, and keeping it real.
1: Thank you so much. You've been listening to the SDFM Podcast, produced by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. Visit us at stfm.org and follow us on Twitter at stfm underscore fm. This podcast is copyright Society of Teachers of Family Medicine 2021.